You're listening to Write Right from the Texas A&M University Writing Center. I think one of the biggest stressors of writing a paper is making sure everything is cited correctly. I mean, it's one thing to think of a topic, do the research, develop a thesis, and organize the paper to the standards that you want to reach, but it's another thing to have to worry about making sure all of those citations are right. There are a bunch of tiny, little rules for formatting citations, and I know the last thing I want to do while working on a paper is pay attention to those details that don't have much to do with the rest of my argument. But there's got to be a reason that those exist, doesn't there? I wanted to find out, so I called up Kathleen Fitzpatrick. I'm the Associate Executive Director and Director of Scholarly Communication for the Modern Language Association. The MLA is a society of teachers and scholars that promotes and explores the study of language and literature. But you probably know them by the MLA Handbook, a style guide that the MLA publishes which details the process of formatting and citing that people should use. There was big news a while back. MLA's new edition has some drastic changes to the approach. So maybe there's hope on the horizon for all of us who feel perpetually confused by citation styles. I think the most important thing to know is that any time a, a student or a scholar at any level is writing a piece of, of scholarly work, that work is participating in an ongoing conversation. Um, but it also looks forward, um, this, this piece of writing, and addresses itself to a future reader who might come along and want to join that conversation as well, who might read this, this essay or this article that's being written and want to engage with the source that that article used and so want to be able to dig back in through the citations to to follow this path of research. That ongoing conversation is super important to the way we think about citations. The writing that we do doesn't exist in a vacuum, meaning we're all helping to contribute to dialogue about the different issues in our fields. We can't contribute and participate if we aren't properly interacting with others in the field. That's where standardized citations are helpful. And that brings us to another point. There are a lot of different fields out there that require different types of writing. And because of that, there are a lot of different citation styles. There's MLA, APA, Chicago, ACS, CSE, just to name a few. All of those citation styles function as different ways to solve different problems. To show how that works, Kathleen gave me an example about in-text citations, the parentheticals you use in the middle of a paper to reference a source. MLA style in its in-text parenthetical citations asks you to use the author's name and a page number for the most basic in-text parenthetical. Those parentheticals in APA um, rely on the author's name and the year of publication. And those two approaches tell you something very different um, about what the fields value, right? The, that in, in APA and in the sciences that use APA, often there is um, a, a need to know how recent the source that, that's being cited is right up front so that you know, you know how, how long ago that work was done. In the humanities, that sense of recency doesn't matter quite so much. There is in humanities scholarship an interest in getting back to the sources and to seeing the original um, that's a little bit different than, than what happens in the sciences. Kathleen told me that this new edition of the MLA handbook helps encourage writers to use the tools that are appropriate for the job. In previous editions, there was a specific way to cite different media, and in this edition, that's gone. It's more about the process of citing something than the mechanics of it. 
We instead now ask students to take a look at the thing that they are trying to cite and to look for some of the features that are common to all sources. And so we provide students with one template that applies to all sources, that helps them think through um, what is important about the source that they're citing and how to put together for themselves a citation for it. We're trying to encourage a kind of critical thinking about the sources that, that students, or any writer for that matter, are working with as they're writing. To think about what is going to be useful to someone who's reading the thing that they're writing in order to track down the original sources that, that are being cited. That critical thinking with regards to your audience and the type of conversation that you're in plays down into the nitty gritty of the citation style itself, even if it sometimes feels a little arbitrary. While the new MLA approach does away with categorizing types of citations, the mechanics of those citations still do have meaning. It is kind of, I guess, common, especially in maybe 100 level rhetoric courses, for uh, professors to just kind of dock points when you get something wrong on a citation, like it's not italicized or, or you know, something like that. There's a period in the wrong place. Uh, how important do you feel that those exact things are, or is the real kind of uh, meaning of a citation just to get that information across? I think that the real meaning of the citation is, as you say, to get that information across, but some of those differences do matter, right? So, um, you know, where the period goes may matter a little bit less than something like italics. Um, italics actually tell you something about the title that's italicized. It tells you it's a full-length thing, so that what you're looking for, if you go to the library and try to find that source, it's, it's going to be a book, or it's going to be an entire television series of which a title that's in quotation marks might be one episode of that series. You know, so, so there, there is meaning that gets conveyed with italics that I do think is important and that it's important to pay attention to. Part of what we're trying to do with this edition of the, the handbook is to really explain why that matters, right, rather than just simply telling you this has to be in italics. So next time you're writing and wonder why exactly you have to insert parentheticals, italicize something, or keep track of page numbers, this is why. Your writing isn't just for yourself. Your work exists to build on top of and to contribute to a larger volume of work that explores and analyzes a topic in the field. Just as you read other people's work to research your ideas, other people are going to read your work to research and expand on theirs. Keeping your sources and ideas cataloged in a way that is standard to your field helps facilitate that conversation. This has been an episode of Write Right, a production of the Texas A&M University Writing Center, a service of the Department of Undergraduate Studies. My name is Davis Land, and I wrote and produced this episode. I had editorial help from Nancy Vasquez, Flo Davies, and Nick Synergy. If you're a Texas A&M student, we offer online and in-person consultations about your papers, presentations, and anything else that involves communicating clearly. You can find us online at writingcenter.tamu.edu and on Twitter as at TAMUWC. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and we're currently working on translating all of our material into dolphin speak. 